Welcome to Making It Happen, a career in the performing arts where we discuss how to break into the performing arts industry for yourself or your child, teen, or young adult. Guests include artists, creatives, casting directors, musical directors, choreographers, agents and managers, as well as parents of young professional actors, singers, and dancers, all who are passionate and share my vision of helping talented individuals land professional representation and have successful careers in the arts. My name is Lisa Solak, and I am the CEO and founder of Making It Happen, a career in the performing arts, having helped hundreds of clients break into the business on stage, in films, television, commercial work, and more. This podcast is supplemental to my groundbreaking online courses, Professional Kids and Teens 101, a primer for parents, and Professional Biz 201 for young adults, college students, and graduates. For more information, check out all the ways that you can benefit from my online courses, my programs, my free weekly newsletter, and free guides. Go to lbctalent.thinkific.com. My guests today are Lena and David Captain. Hi, guys. How are you? We're doing great. How are you doing, Lisa? I am so good, and I am thrilled that you guys are here. Um, just you've been in the industry, both of you, as artist and talent and also on the other side of things and you have created some amazing amazing materials for people to use as assets to you know help promote their own careers for many many years as well so that we have so much to talk about but what i really want to do is start at the beginning because i'm so intrigued by why people get involved in the industry and when they realize that the industry was for them whether it was when they were really young like were you five and six years old, you know, posing with clothing on, you know, for, <laughs> you know, or was it something that came up later in life? So if you guys could kind of both individually kind of give us an idea of how it all started for you. You want to start? Sure, I can start. Um, I actually was in a school play when I was in fourth grade and I forgot my lines and I was frozen from that point on i said I, i'm never going to be an actor i don't want to do it because i was so embarrassed and it it stuck <laughs> with me for so long and i never did anything about being in front of camera i had no desire to do it i went to college i was an engineer and my roommate was a really artistic guy he had a band he was into fashion and all this stuff and he was getting in my ear getting in my ear hey look at these guys in gq it's back in the 80s, so I'm not that young. <laughs> sure, sure. Talking about and, uh, and so, so I was like, I was listening. He was, wow, these guys are traveling the world. And isn't that fantastic? We could do this. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm doing my, my, my you know, my math problems. <laughs> so it turns out we graduate and he goes off and to Europe and starts modeling. And I had a job in New York as an engineer. Didn't really like it. And um I got the bug, you know, he was in my ear and it was sounded so romantic to get back into the arts. Mm -hmm. and, and I said, all right, well, I'll give it a shot. And I walked into Wilhelmina at, on a whim and uh, I didn't think anything would happen, but they, they gave me some names of photographers. I took a, a really, really good photo shoot, the first one out, out of the box, which is part of the serendipity of it is I shot with a really good photographer and I got really good pictures. And the other serendipity was he brought the contact sheets into the agency and he was waiting for the agent to look at them and in walks an agent from Milan, the biggest agent in Milan, Luigi. And he looks down what? at the contact sheet and he says, Dai, I want this guy right here. So talk about luck. So they wow. called me and signed me to a three-year contract and all this. It was kind of a whirlwind thing. I quit my job because I hated my job. And um, and then I floundered in New York for five months trying to build my book and I wasn't getting anywhere because in New York, it's hard to get anywhere without tear sheets, you know, shots that you pull out of magazines are called tear sheets. So after five months, I went over to Europe eventually and uh, I stayed there for five years. <laughs> I met Lena right in the beginning. Uh, in Paris. And then it just kind of snowballed into uh, what it is today. We, you know, I, we came back to the States and had a couple kids and I was working in New York and started doing commercials. Uh, you know, I must have done 200 commercials. Um, and then I started uh, taking pictures of people. 
because I didn't like the pictures I was getting from other photographers to update my book. And who took those pictures? Yeah, Lena took those pictures. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I was actually the photographer from the start. I wanted really? to do that. Yeah. So I had to talk him into that. Really? Our stories are pretty different because I never thought to model. I grew up in Sweden and everyone's beautiful there. And I was into sports. I mean, as a little kid, I was, I would always go on stage. I was always like, you know, I wasn't shy, but it was nothing that, you know, I thought I would do. Um, so I was scouted and came to New York and uh, got, you know, set up with Ford models to do all these test shoots. And a lot of people don't relate to my story because they're like, oh my God, that was such a princess story. But I actually had a lot of bad shoots because, um, you know, they set me up with photographers. I just wanted to shoot a pretty girl, so I didn't pay. And um, so I had a meeting after three weeks and uh, they said, oh, well, you know, um, I think maybe you should start with a smaller agency. So they actually kind of kicked me out. Um, okay. I wasn't leaving the States yet. Um, I ran into uh, another photographer in a lab and he saw my pictures and he goes, oh, those are horrible headshots that's not even looking like you. And I was like, oh, I don't know. You know, I didn't know right, anything. Right. And then he um, said, you know, you need to come. So I told him the story, what happened and that I was scouted, set up with Ford models and they sort of lost interest because the photos were so terrible. And uh, he goes, no, 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 they're stupid. You, he was a photographer actually. He happened to be a really good photographer. So I got lucky. Sometimes I guess life is just being at the right place at the right time and sort of just, you know, dare to take that chance and not think too much. I mean, you're very smart, but like, you know, so I went with this guy photographer up to another click agency and um, she asked me to stay for the weekend to take pictures with him. And I did. And these photos actually uh, opened up my whole modeling career. So I went from I was actually kicked out of one of the biggest agencies and now i did a really good headshot session with this guy and the funniest thing is now i'm a makeup artist and i did my own makeup at that shoot actually <laughs> oh <laughs> i should have known back then okay right. just forget about the bombing do the makeup because <laughs> i did it very natural i didn't really know what to do but i just knew that in sweden you know we don't wear a whole lot but i just did very very so it looked like me and that's a sure. very important thing in a headshot that actually looks like you, okay? I think the other headshots I had was way too much makeup, too much hair, too much everything. I just drowned in their creativity, right? And mm -hmm. um, so anyway, that's how my modeling career started with a really strong headshot. I, I, I was shocked. I was like, wait, I don't get it. Like now all these agencies in Europe want me. London, they had an agency there. You know, they were faxing over my photos and, and uh, I was just, I learned that was my first lesson. Good photos. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm the same girl. Those other shots of me were not good. Didn't give a good representation of me. And then this guy now took some really good photos and every door opened up. Wow. So I was like, okay, that was lesson number one for me. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, came to Paris and that's where we met. And nice. yeah, so everybody's start could be very different. Um, yeah. Yeah, when yeah. you say, can you, can we go back for a second? When you say scouted, I don't know that everybody would know what that word means and what that actually oh. entails and how that happens. Yeah, so yeah. can you explain what that is? So, um, so I was in Sweden uh, at a beach club disco. This is in the eighties. And um, there was uh, people from New York uh, that saw me on the dance floor and they came up and they were associated with Ford models and the fashion industry and they said you know we think you look like isabella rossellini and i was like okay really <laughs> <laughs> i was like what how many drinks did you have <laughs> yeah um and then they said we just like to invite you over to our table and um you know we can discuss further so um i you know i, I chatted I, we exchanged numbers and um there was a very sweet, a very famous Swedish singer that was part of this company. It was almost like a Bruce Springsteen in New York, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, in New Jersey. So, mm -hmm. um, so that gave me sort of credibility because he was associated with these people from New York. Um, so anyway, so they they sort of sponsored me, I guess. They sent over um, a t airline ticket, set up for me a place to stay, and then I got a meeting with Eileen Ford. And so that's you know how I got to. Mm -hmm. And, and try this. Yeah, I think, you know, that's so interesting because there's a certain level of trust, right? That you ha right. have to have in that moment. A How lot. old were you? 
Okay, so I was not a minor. Would you do that now? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I think my parents were pretty crazy. I was 21. I was actually turning 22 that month. And my dad was on the phone, you know, with, with um, this singer who's really famous in Sweden and, and his wife. And they wouldn't put their reputation on the line for little me. You know, I was a nobody. And they said, no, 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 you can trust these people. They're legit, uh, you know, have no worries. And um, so my parents actually, you know, let me fly all by myself. First business class. I, I, they fed me and, you know, served me things every minute. I was so <laughs> nervous. I didn't eat or drink anything. I was just like, oh my gosh, oh, why did I do this? But wow. I have to say, in life, you have to be willing to take risks. Okay. I wouldn't sit here talking to you today if I didn't take that risk. Was I uncomfortable? Yes. Was I nervous? Yes. But you know what? That's how you actually stretch yourself to try something new. <laughs> and that's how, you know, you, hopefully and you know what i said to myself in the end if nothing comes of it at least i tried okay i got the opportunity and it was a little bit like that how i get into my makeup career too actually later yeah, on yeah you know you know it's interesting <laughs> because there when when children and teens are given an opportunity the parents have to and now of course we have the the addition of the internet right yeah so yeah. that makes it a little bit easier because parents can actually Google everything and kind of see yeah, if yeah, this yeah. person is legit and all of that. We didn't have that back then, right? But right, right now, oh, <laughs> look, who is that? Is studio mascot. Yeah. She's been in three commercials too, yeah. Yeah, she's been in some commercials. Hey, yeah. lady, how are you? That's Sophie. <laughs> Sophie, say she hi. Greets, she greets all the kids yeah. when they come for headshots. Yeah. She comes and brings them a toy. <laughs> I love it. Sophie. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so anyway, um, the, you know, I think parents have to give their kids a chance. You know, like, it's not just about, um, you know, the kids want to do this or they want to do musical theater or they want to, you know, all of those things. You have to kind of, there's a certain level of recognition as a parent that you have to say, wait a minute, there's a child that has something special. And you guys work with so many kids and teens and young people. So I'm sure you see it too when they come through your doors, which we can get into. But um, yeah, I think you have to have this, I don't know if it's a gut feeling that I, that I need to do this and I need to try and I need to give myself a shot and I give myself a chance. Like just David, you going to Europe, she did the reverse, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so when did you guys end up, like, were you both doing high-end modeling or were you doing campaigns for certain brands? Can you go into any of that detail so that people have an idea of what that world is like? Because my clients that have interest in anything to do with modeling or print, of course, commercial print, they get very nervous because there's not a lot of information out there. And they're very concerned about sending their child to go to, just like you did, Lena, go to this photographer that you didn't know yeah. and have him take all these pictures of you. So yeah. to make people feel comfortable, I'm thinking if you share a little bit more detail about that process, that would be amazing. Do you want to start? You can start. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it, well, there's there's so many different, in the print world, there's so many different uh genres of print modeling there's fashion modeling there's runway modeling where you need to be 5'11 and you know like a toothpick uh fashion modeling is more you know for the designers uh editorial work is work that you do for the magazine uh, that's partially pretty much fashion work yeah. and then there's catalog work and then there's commercial print work so in a perfect world i would say uh, you would want to start out if you got lucky <laughs> is to start out in the fashion end of it and do campaigns for Armani or, or Versace and stuff like that and, uh, and and editorial build up your book and then you go cash in with uh, jobs for perfumes and high-end uh, designer work that, that pays you know not not clothes but product work so that those two, like Cindy Crawford, would go from doing covers to doing uh, Hennessy, you know, liquor ad or something like that, and they pay the most. And that's that would be like in the perfect world where you would start in the fashion end. And then as careers not wane, but they usually change as you get older or whatever, you're not the flavor of the day. Maybe then you'll move more into uh, commercial and catalog work. So you can have a very long career just doing print work and maybe commercials. Uh, 
but that that's like is is it does it happen to everyone no um, it, but it, that's the perfect scenario. So you wouldn't want to start taking jobs as a, a catalog model because you'll never move the other direction. Usually, you'll you'll never go back to the fashion end because you'll be categorized as a catalog model. At least, oh, interesting. That's what I was, I was a catalog guy, so it was hard for me to get to. I did some campaigns, but I didn't do a, a Versace or anything like. That. I, all my friends did that, but I was working every day as a catalog model, catalog, 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 catalog. Mm -hmm. So it was steady. It was it's their careers are more like actors where you get a job and then you don't have any jobs and then you get another job, and then you don't have any job. So it's it's a lot, a lot more troughs and peaks. Um, yeah. My career was more steady. Blue mm -hmm. I have to say one thing, though, I recently last month worked, I had an opportunity to work with Kristen Bell again mm -hmm. and do her makeup. Uh, David and I took her headshots when she was 19 years old. She came to our studio here in Verona. Uh, so I got the opportunity to meet her again. And I think as a model or actor, because I asked her, I said, could you give all these kids, teens that come to our studio and they see your headshot, you know, by the makeup mirror, can you give them any advice? What would you say to yourself, you know, looking back at your um, career? Yes, yeah, so that's actor. a great question. Yeah. And then she said, well, you know, you sort of, it's finding, you always say that when you have, have actors come here, finding your genre or your, what do you call that? The, You're finding your brand. Your part. brand. Yeah, because she was, you know, a blonde, green eyes, pretty. And even when David told me that she hit a big, you know, when, when she get, did her first role, I was like, which one was that? Blonde, green eyes. We shot so many blondes, right? Green eyes. Mm -hmm. Pretty girls. And she got stuck, I think she said, in a little bit in that genre, being the pretty girl. But she's kind of a little more quirky or funny and so her husband said um you know why don't you go for try to cast be casting more for roles that's more who you really are like the truth you and that's she said that's when it hit that's when she hit it big when she got to really feel like she was being more of who she is you know her personality mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and don't try to um be everything i think that's a model too it's like you oh i want to be a fashion model but for me everybody said you have so much personality and you know we just we, we see you more you know sporty commercial doing this and that and i think also as an actor model you shouldn't fight you know where is your strength you know and just go there and, and don't try to be something that maybe somebody can do a lot better you know and mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. She also said not to get caught in that uh, score, what do you call that? The wheel, the, the, the hamster wheel. Yeah, the, the, the squirrel wheel. The hamster. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys, I'm Swedish. <laughs> American things. Yeah, don't get caught up in that, you know, and, and uh, we just look around, we see what everybody else are doing and you sort of feel lost, you know, where, where, where do I fit in? You know, mm -hmm. and if you look at actually even big actors, they, a lot of times they do the same kind of characters, right? Parts, roles, because mm -hmm. they found their, their you know, where, where they actually do it really well. Even like mm -hmm. Julia Roberts mm -hmm. in Pretty Woman, you know, she was amazing in that. So I think that's something you can uh, also, you know, you don't have to settle for that, but, you know, find, find same thing, I think with anything you do, as even as a makeup artist, I'm not the editorial crazy makeup. I do very clean, very natural. That's what makes, you know, that comes easy to me, right? So even, you know, I think as a model or actor, whatever also comes easier to you, um, will translate really more natural on the screen and in photos. Um, so it was interesting yeah. that you said that. Yeah, I That's, that was... It is, that is really interesting because, well, you know what, it's all about knowing your type. And, yeah. and embracing your type yeah. because yeah. if you don't, don't you're yeah if you're trying to be a you know a round peg trying to fit into a square hole it, it's right. it's not going to happen for you that makes complete sense to me just yeah. from even all the years I've been involved in the industry um it, yeah that's really really interesting so if if someone again wants to get involved in in this part of the industry they need an agent correct they need an agent for modeling for print work for that genre so yeah. as far as finding that agent and and figuring out which one is the right one like you like when you first got your photos done that's a separate i think people need to understand that's a separate part of this so you need an agent you need yeah. great headshots and great promo shots or or and can you maybe explain what kind of shots are important for a modeling career to have in the beginning is it just a headshot 
Can you go into any detail in regard to that? Well, it's, it's funny when, if you go to Italy, uh, they like to, to discover new talent. So if you go to Italy, they'll pretty much take your book and take everything out of it and put one or two pictures in maybe and say, oh, he's a brand new guy because they don't want to see someone who's been trying for a year uh, and not succeeding, let's say, succeeding. Mm -hmm. And so I had friends that were working like a lot in Germany and they'd go down to Milan, they take everything out of their book and they do one test, one shoot and put on a few different suits and a headshot and some black and white pictures, keep it simple and like, oh, I'm brand new. And that's the Italian way of doing it. In New York, if you did that in New York, they would laugh at you, where's all your work? We need experience. Every market's a little different. So okay. what happens typically is like, if you get an agent in New York or you get an agent in Miami or Chicago or wherever, they'll probably try to farm you out to, to Paris or Milan to build your book. So they're the, your mother agent. They'll, they have you know contacts with all these other agents around the world and they try to set you up there and they'll get a piece, maybe split the commission for a year or whatever. I don't know how they work that, but it's, mm -hmm. it's mutually uh, beneficial to both agents to do this. So they'll send the model over and then you go over to markets where they're more apt to, to use new people. And that's where you cut your teeth. That's how you learn how to be on camera, how to move, how to, you know, all these crazy jobs that you'll do uh, that you probably wouldn't do in New York because you're sitting there twiddling your thumbs waiting for your first job because you have no print and you have no work in your book. <laughs> so yeah. it's a little catch-22. You, you, you need the work in your book to prove that you can do it, but you're not going to get the work in your book in New York because you got to have the work in your book already. So I understand. Yeah, when you're with an agent, you usually have photographers that they recommend. So what you do is you you, you shoot with a couple of different ones. And and what what I understand, what I have a hard time understanding why people don't understand that this is a business. So if you want to start a business, you know this is a very low cost business to start. You know, and we I have parents call here. I do all the scheduling for shoots. Oh, a shoot is fifteen hundred dollars. No, I'm not going to spend that. Okay, how much money did you spend? on college a year to your kids, you know, how much, this is a very low cost start. So, um, so, and when you model, or even if you hit it as an actor, what, how much money are you gonna make? I'm sure mm -hmm. a lot more than 1500. So mm -hmm. the whole idea is if you don't do it, somebody else will do it. So when I started, for instance, um, long story short, I came back to New York and I actually walked into Ford models who had kicked me out and they signed me, so I was with Ford now because now I had good, you know, good pictures. And um, they said, "Oh, you have to grow your hair out." I had my hair really short, like a pixie. That works really well in Europe. So I know how to start all over, almost taking new pictures. And at that point, I knew that investing into good photographers and pictures was, you know, nothing. If I didn't do it, other models would do it. And I always, I was always blinded by the fact that some girls that they weren't even that pretty, but they were smart business women, they would shoot with the best photographers. And trust me, a lot of times the best ones were not cheap. Okay. So, you know, a lot of people go with it, go cheap, cheap, cheap. And then, oh, it's not, you know, I'm not working. Why? Why is because you, you know, do you want to compete with the best in of the best models? Then you have to have a portfolio like them. You have to have yes. a headshot, an actor. I want the best headshot. Otherwise, why even do it? You know, why struggle? Why struggle and say, oh, you know, I did a headshot. It's not that great. But, you know, so I always say, shoot for the stars, you know, so that you can say in the end, if you're going to quit for some reason, I did everything I could. And then I can say at, at ease, but, you know, I, I did all I could. And, and then you can walk away from it. But uh, a lot of people quit before they even good get good headshots or strong portfolios. And that was the thing I, I was, I paid attention. I, I watched people. I would watch models when I started. It's like, wow, she's, she's not that pretty. But then I looked in on her pictures. They were amazing. I was like, who did you shoot with? Oh, my God, I need to shoot with these. If they can make you look that good, maybe, you know. <laughs> I was blown away. And these girls were working like crazy. You know, they made a ton of money. Was that investment for them shooting with some really good photographers? Was that a waste of money? No, it was a really good, they were smart. I started like understanding that 
okay, we're in the arts, but this is a business. And if you don't treat it like a business, it's going to be pretty painful. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, no one's going to understand how pretty you are as a model, unless you show it. And no one's going to think, know how good you are as an actor, unless you have a really professional headshot. That is just like mind blowing. Because then they may actually turn and look at your, you know, oh, well, let me see what he or she has been doing as an actor. That's a really good headshot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You want something that's going to open up the door because there's there's a tough competition in anything. Yeah. And yeah. talent alone is not going to do it. You have yeah. to have a business mind. Yeah, well, I love that. I love that. Yeah. The whole concept of the business. I love that. Yes. Go ahead, David. So the way I look at it is like you mentioned before, you're, uh, if you show someone, uh, actors, actors, there are a whole bunch of submissions, a bunch of headshots in a line. And what, which ones do you gravitate to as a casting director? You gravitate to the, the one that looks the best, the most professional, the one that's lit cinematically, the one where I see them in my movie, uh, as opposed, and it could be the worst actor, you know, <laughs> which has, it's ironic, but you could be the, the, the best actor with the worst headshot and never get called in to even show them what you're about. And you could be the worst actor with the best headshot, but you get called in, at least you have a shot. It's kind of, it's, it's has nothing to do with your skill as an actor, yeah. but it, it's like Lena said, it's a marketing tool that unfortunately a lot of people, you know, they don't put enough emphasis on because the headshot is your first introduction to the casting director or the agent, or whoever you're trying to, to, to catch their, their eye. So if you have a bad headshot, what are they saying to themselves? They're saying, this person doesn't care. Like they're not professional enough to even get a good headshot. Next, you know. Absolutely. It's the same thing with self-tapes. If you don't light it properly, if you don't have the right audio, if you don't have the, the right background, if you, all things that anybody can control, you know, the top 10 things are all pretty much technically that anybody can control. If you leave out five or six of those things, the casting director isn't going to watch your, your audition. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. I totally agree. I think there's a lot of young people, especially those in college and coming out of college, who they think, I went to school, I spent my $50,000, $60,000 a year for my four years, and now give me a job. I am trained and this is, it's done. And they don't understand that business side. As you said, Lena, the business piece of it, they don't understand the processes that they have to go through to create the assets that are going to actually give them opportunity. The headshot, the slate shot that they now have available. Um, there are other assets, the little clips of them, you know, doing a self-tape if they don't have any, any real, real. R-E-A-L-R-E-E-L, -E -E you know, they don't have that yet. And so there, there's gotta be really great product that they put out because as you said, they're looking at rows and rows and rows on a giant computer screen of all of the candidates that are coming through within minutes, within a half hour of posting something, they could have hundreds of candidates coming through from agents, managers, and from individuals. And they are scanning those so quickly that if that shot doesn't stand out, guess what? Agree, complete next, exactly. It was exactly. funny when we started uh, doing photography because we, you know, I switched from Ford models to more commercial print agents. And so um, David redone my whole portfolio and uh, the agent goes, oh, we love your photos. We want you to shoot actors. And we were like, no, we don't shoot actors. We're models. We don't, we don't know how to do acting headshots. <laughs> and she was like, no, 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 no. I want you to take pictures of our actors like Michael B. Jordan, Kristen Bell, Hayden Panettiere. They are top stars. That well, came. They, were, they were new at the time. Yeah, yeah. But they became top stars because of our headshots. No, of course. <laughs> yes. No, but that they, definitely they, had something to do with it. Yeah, they of course. Them over to us and they said, we like the way you do it. You know, it's you guys have a good combination with the hair, makeup, styling and the photography. And, you know, I think that um, what they saw was that we provided, um, you know, a platform for actors to come and be relaxed. And they actually looked like themselves too, you know, in, in a, and I think, you know, that's they got excited because they started seeing that they got their actors whose headshots we, we had taken they got called in they got more coverage they got called in it's like what is that david and lena do that the other photographers aren't doing you know so let's send everybody there so we got that's how we we got really busy 
it was crazy. You know, when we started doing this, we were just, the phone was ringing off the hook. You're like, oh my gosh, I don't know what we're doing. We're just doing what, what we know, we know from mm-hmm. being models mm-hmm. that um, we want people to look. And also another thing is like, for actors to be in front of a still camera is completely sometimes uncomfortable. You know, they want to talk, they want to act. <laughs> So, so David is like really good because he's like you know he he's 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 actually an engineer Trey so he's really good with angles finding angles and then when when he gets too technical I, I crack a joke right so people relax but um, it's also a science I think to to really get people to feel comfortable in front of the camera so that they feel you know that they're being themselves and 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 that will you know come across in the photo yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and I can certainly vouch for the fact that you guys are completely just warm and welcoming and <laughs> loving to everyone that comes in and you absolutely make everyone feel comfortable in, in a way that I don't think anybody else that I've ever seen work does, which brings out the best in your, you know, in the subject, right? Because they are now relaxed, they're laughing, they're having a good time. Like I've watched you, it's magic. It's literally magic, you know? (laughs) And, um, and again, what you mentioned about the angles too, that is so important. I've watched you and been in your space when you've changed the way the person is positioned and it changes everything about that photo. Crazy. And I have sent so many of my clients to you and thank you for making them look amazing and giving them so much opportunity to get work. Um, but yeah, it it really changes people's lives in, in more ways than I think you guys even realize, you know? And again, going back and tying it into the student who has paid, spent all this money for school and now is like, what? Headshots? I I can't spend that kind of money. Why are you at, you know, what? What? They don't understand. And it's sad because I wish the universities would prepare them for that and how important it is and give them that information. But they they stick to the training in all of those areas of the acting, of course, and the singing and dancing or whatever they're doing. And they don't really educate in this way. Hence the reason I have my online courses and I'm doing this and trying to get the word out with the podcast. But people have to understand that if you don't spend that money, you are going to be lost just as you both said, and it's, and you're not going to get the opportunities and nothing's going to build and you're not going to be able to kind of take those steps on that ladder to where you want to go in the industry. For sure. I I don't even think of it as spending. I think of it as investing. Yeah. Yes. 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 I stand corrected. I want to spend that money. I always say you're investing, you're investing in, you're the product you're investing in marketing that product. And uh, it is, I love that that people spend, you know, whatever you said, 50, 60 a year uh, to get an education. And then, uh, and then you don't know what to do with it after that. Mm -hmm. So I wish they did. Like, I'm so glad that you're doing all this because people, it it is an awareness. It's like, when you get out into the real world, it's wow. I'm Mm -hmm. not in this coddled little environment where the teachers, you know, we have these classes or whatever and everything's so nice. Everyone's patting you on the back. You're doing such a great job. And then you go out in New York City and it's like, wow, you know, Mm -hmm. they don't care where you, they don't care if you went to Yale drama school. It doesn't matter. It's like, all right, let's, let's see now it's rubber meets the road. All right, let's see your headshot. Let me see your resume. Let let me see your reel. Do you have a reel? Do you have, my son went to uh, USC films. Is that our son went to USA <laughs> film school and uh, a few interesting stories. We go to, what do you call it? The, uh, Orient, the orientation. And, orientation. Yeah. and all the mm-hmm. parents, you know, they're all professionals and they look at, at the teacher, they're all nervous. And the Dean said, listen, he says, I know where you all are. Your son and daughter going into the arts, you know, and you're all doctors and lawyers and you're sweating, just sitting here and wasting all this money. Yeah. And yeah. we've seen it before. We've seen it before. And you need to relax. You need to support your child. They're artists. Let them be artists. We're going to let them grow here. And we're going to, you know, put them in a good environment and all that. But even at USC, they don't teach you the business end of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to, you have to, once you graduate, you have to, you take off, you put your big boy pants on and get out there. Yeah. You have and, to hustle and, and you got to make it happen. And there, yep. there in goes, all right, you have the skill, but do you have, do you have the business to the marketing? There's yes. a lot of little angles of it. And that's what I'm so glad you're covering this in your course. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That well, so many of my clients I've been working for over 20 years 
helping to bridge people from being talented to actually having careers in the arts and how to do it. And of course, raising my own kids and doing it with them from when they were children and teens now to adults has given me an opportunity to see both sides, both sides of the fence from the talent standpoint. And then also I've done a lot of casting and I did a lot of choreography and, you know, directing and that kind of thing when I was younger. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's really rewarding also to help these people. I mean, I just had a client have her Broadway debut and she had come to New York 10 years ago from a university program and never fit into the right network. She never got with the right people. She never got the right headshot. She didn't end up with the right classes, like an acting class, or didn't end up in the right dance classes or with the right voice teacher. And so we got to know each other during COVID and it took a couple of years and she got into the, she really wanted it. She put the work in and she just recently booked a Broadway show and she got an agent within a year of working with me, which was crazy. Mm -hmm. um, usually it's about nine months to a year and I can help people to do that. So, but I want to, I want to ask you guys, so this gets into the question of networking. So how much was networking a part of your success? Because you just mentioned the networking piece with agents and people who are coming to you and saying you need to shoot, right? But let's talk about when you first got involved in the industry, how important was networking to your success? But almost everything <laughs> i mean we know i knew nothing about uh, modeling if, yeah. if you're gonna sit down with your you know sitting by your phone and waiting for it to ring it'll never ring it'll never ring you have to get yourself out there and it's like lena said in the beginning it's very uncomfortable sometimes but it's and it's not glad handing or phony or anything like that but when you get yourself out in, in doing auditions doing a showcase of doing uh, uh, off-Broadway plays. You're meeting people, you're networking, you're building uh, a support system and you're getting educated. You know, you're. I remember seeing you and Kevin and I was dragging Eric on a casting. They must've been 10 years old or 12 <laughs> yeah. years old. And yeah. we were talking, I, we knew each other back then. And it's just, there's a perfect example of networking. Like we, we struck up a conversation Mm -hmm. well, how many years ago was that? I don't, I don't know. know. A long time. Probably Brooklyn. 17, probably yeah, 17 or 18 years ago. Yeah. So is networking in any business? I think it yeah. is. And then this one, especially because uh, you go in on an audition. I've done thousands of auditions. They don't tell you anything after you leave that room. You don't know. You know, you could be your own worst enemy. Oh, I screwed up. Oh, I didn't say that line right. I didn't do the blah, 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 blah. Meanwhile, they just, they wanted someone 10 years older than you. And meanwhile, you're beating yourself because they don't tell the agent why they didn't pick you. So you become your own worst enemy sometimes. So you need a, a you need the, a network around you to support you, I think. Yeah. It's critical. And uh, if it's an acting coach, if it's a singing coach, dancing coach, or or just fellow actors, uh supporting each other because otherwise uh you could stop before you even start yeah. yeah yeah totally totally so lena how about you did was it a lot of networking or did well in the beginning you kind of were discovered almost yeah, like so. the old hollywood story of being discovered in the soda <laughs> parlor shop yeah, it makes me gag yeah <laughs> well i have to say i got the opportunity uh was it scary yes was you know, uncomfortable yes and um and then they so i stayed in new york for a month and then they set me up with an agency in london and germany actually so i went to munich and I, you know was i nervous going there i didn't know what i was expect to expect but what i did was i started talking to other models that's where i started it's like who so who, who you know are you with this agency you know who do you work with here what do you work with there you know who can i see your book you know it was all about learning from other models what they were doing where have you worked you know where's a good market i was just i was curious you know about the whole i was trying to learn you know where you know where there was more work or you know just finding out about the sure. industry in general sure. um so and then i went back to stockholm um ended up there um and stayed there for a while i went to paris I, this is actually another good story i was turned down by this parisian agency they came to my agency in stockholm sweden uh, the owner picked out what models he wanted to come to paris he didn't pick me 
and now I was, you know, I was doing a lot of covers on magazines. I did beauty campaigns as a model. So my ego was pretty good. <laughs> I was like, yeah. what? Did you pick me? So now, you know, I was like, come on, you know, what's wrong with you? So my sister wanted to go to Paris. So we went and I actually, you know, I walked into the agency with my book. And he, this agency only looked at me. He's like, uh, come on. Like, what are you doing here? Yeah. Oh, hi, I was in, uh, you know, I was passing by. I figured I'll come in and see you. And he, he didn't know what to do. So, I mean, I know this is not very, um, you know, people can relate to this, but sometimes you just have to be a little ballsy, okay? Yes. If you really yes. want it, because I was like, I want to work in Paris, but he was turning me down. So I was like, okay, I think I can work here. Because now once you get a little confidence and I had seen other models, like if she didn't do it, I can do it. Okay. So what is she doing different than me? I'm going to just go, go pass mm -hmm. by him. So then he brought me into the booking agents. So in the agency, there's the owner and then there's booking agents. A lot of life, lot in life is like, who likes you, right? It's like dating. Yes, absolutely. You're gorgeous. You know, if you've seen the Crawford or whoever, McPherson or whatever, you know, not every guy's going to fall in love with you. So I got to meet the booking agents and this French agent, Helen, she was like, Oh, in French, très mignon. you're so cute. And I was like, oh, good. <laughs> <She likes me. laughs> right, right. She likes me, that may generate in money. Books, yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So a lot of that is, is I, I found that it was almost like dating, right? Finding somebody that's mm -hmm. going to see me and like me and see my talent or see my, where, you know, where they can sell me as a product, because I am a product, whether yes. I'm an actor or a model. So again, you know, I, I had learned already, um, I guess I'm kind of business savvy like that. You know, mm -hmm. I never saw myself as a supermodel. So I was like, you know, I need to, I need to get, have a good business sense to, to yeah, figure sure, out, to break sure. through. This. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. So I, I was there for a week and uh, she set me up with some, uh, you know, auditions or whatever. And, that, and then I was about to leave and she go, no, you're booked. You're working Monday. I have a place for you to stay here. And you're actually, I've got a couple of bookings. You're, so I stayed and then my career was amazing in Paris. That was like my best career was in Paris. So again, That's interesting. I, could quit, I could have quit when Ford, after my few first test shots said, oh, maybe you should start with a smaller agency. And I was like, well, you're the ones who told me to come here and do this. <laughs> I could have quit there. I didn't. Okay. I went with that crazy photography. Then same thing with my modeling career. I was turned down to go to Paris. There's yeah. going to be somebody there that likes me, sees me. So that you have to have tough skin. You can't take no for an answer. You have to just try. It's really mm -hmm. hard because you take it personally. It's like, I'm not, yes. Yes. I'm not good enough. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure like an actor, there's so much more you can work on as a, a model. It is what it is. You can keep your, oh, that's your, true. Yeah. You, I can do as much as I can with my looks. Then there's mm -hmm. that thing, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, don't don't ever try that. Have somebody limit you or tell you what you can't do. Look for the yeses. Look for who's going to see me, and that's where you have to search and network. That's what I learned. Yeah, you know? I love that. I love yeah. that. Yeah, because you know what, too. I think there's a way to do that, right? Because I've been in rooms where people are trying to network and they're too pushy and they're too aggressive and they're too, yeah. they're trying to push themselves into a conversation in a very odd way. So I think there's this no. kind of like that you have to be kind, you have yeah. to be, you have to have Humble. a happy, like lively kind of, you know, um, inspired vibe. Like you have to like people and want to talk to them and be interested in them. And you have to kind of really carefully choose the way you speak to them. And it's almost, for me, I feel like there should be more courses out there. And I've said this before, I wish I could teach a course in literally how to do that and how to walk up to, like, how do you walk up to a group of people in a space at a meet and greet and introduce yourself into that moment, into that group of people when they have no idea who you are and you just came into the space, you know, those types of, that type of training to understand how to say it and what to say, because I'm sure you didn't go into that into that office, you know, with with an energy that wasn't welcoming, or they wouldn't have welcomed oh, you. No, no. You know what it I'm saying? More like playful and sweet. Yes, you know? yes, yes. And yeah. What is he gonna say? No. I mean, uh, David introduced a really good book that we recommend to everybody, uh, Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah. You know, nobody cares about you. People care about themselves. Yes. So you show interest in people, but in a genuine way, not in a phony mm -hmm. way. 
you know, find something in somebody that you want to, you know, address or ask or, you know, that's going to open up a lot of doors. Yeah, and, and absolutely. You worrying about you and care for others and try to, you know, make yourself interesting to others. Uh, that's, I think, you know, it's going to open up doors. Yeah. 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 It's so funny yeah. you mentioned that book because I do the same thing. I suggest all my clients read that book. All of them. Uh, That's yeah. so crazy. I had no idea you did too. It's great. It's awesome because yeah. you're not, you're no longer living. When you read that book, you're no longer living in a bubble. It's not no. all about you and what's going no. on in here. It, it it allows you to kind of think very differently in a, in a good, really great way. I, I used to go into a, a castings and you'd bring your book and they'd flip through your book and look at all your pictures and you'd sit there. And what do you say? Do you say anything? Well, everybody says something. You got to try to connect. Right. So my, theory was oh i'm going to tell oh yeah that one that, that's when i was in paris and that one was when i was in venice and we did trying to impress the guy and he's flying through the book is like a fan hitting my face <laughs> and then i read i read uh that, that dale carnegie book and i said all right they don't care about me all right so now i'm going to go in there i'm going to try to genuinely have a conversation and find out what this guy's about and he had a picture with his boat and his and his kid with a fishing rod. I was like, oh, is that your boat? And oh yeah, that's my boat. And, and I was like, wow, that's good. And then I started getting jobs. Yes, <laughs> I totally agree. No, David, <laughs> I totally second. agree with you. I'm the same guy that was getting turned down left and right. Left, you know, the fan was blown. I was getting it, like blown back. And then all of a sudden I'm just asking, oh, is that your kid? I was like, that's cool. The skateboard, he's in the skateboard. And yeah. the guy lights up. And yeah. I was like, wow, it was like a switch yeah. went off in my head. And mm -hmm. Along those lines, uh, I remember when we shot Michael B. Jordan, we shot him a few times. He was a kid. He was on All My Children. And then he, he did uh, that uh, the show. Wire? The Wire. The yeah. Wire. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, I, was, I read an article that he wrote about his auditioning process. And he had said in the beginning, he used to go into the audition room thinking, all right, what do you think they want? I'm going to give them what, what they want. I'm going to give them what, what I think they want. And he wasn't getting anywhere. And then he, because he wasn't grounded to that audition, he wasn't grounded to that. He was just trying to give them what he thought they wanted. Then he said, no, this isn't working. I'm going to do what I think this character is all about. And I'll be more grounded to that performance, number one. And it, it's going to be more real. And, and if it's wrong, I don't care. I'm going to do what I think this character should be. And it was like a light switch for him. And yes, if they didn't like that version, they could direct him to another version. But his first audition, uh, his first uh, take was real. It was organic and it was yeah. so powerful. And he said, that was the switch for me. Mm -hmm. That makes total sense. That. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. we look in the wrong places. Yeah. It's right in front of you. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, yeah yeah for sure this has been great all this information is amazing um can you give us a little bit of an idea of what things are like now for you two are you still modeling are you doing obviously a lot of photography i know you've got other really exciting things that go on maybe give us an idea of what your week is like now in this space in your careers well for me it, it, the last probably 10 years, you know, very quickly, I just couldn't go in on auditions anymore because I was shooting so much. And really? agents, agents would be like, uh, you missed that casting. You missed it. After a while, you know, if you miss a few castings, you, know, you might as well forget about it, which is fine with me because I was rather, I enjoyed shooting anyway. And if I did get a, an occasional commercial, I would, I would do it. Uh, but it wasn't like I was out there trying to keep that, that, plate spinning so to speak mm -hmm. so I, mm -hmm. I transitioned just to photography and then I started filming uh, and I started filming a lot of commercials and uh, I filmed a few short films that went into to festivals and all that I got the filming bug and then once okay. I got the filming bug I started learning lighting for headshots and Believe me, most photographers don't know how to light a headshot because they've never filmed anything. They haven't filmed a music video. They haven't filmed anything. So it's if you want a cinematic headshot, you you know, not that it's a prerequisite as a photographer, but it sure does help if you know how to light a scene and how to light a face for a movie. If you want to be a film actor yeah. uh, that 
that agents and, and casting directors will immediately know, oh, this is quality because it's lit right. You know, it's yes. short lit. Most photographers don't even know what short lighting is. And they're shooting headshots. Oh, put the light here, put the light where, wherever. Just stand there and I'll make you look good. No, it's <laughs> not like that. When you, when you set up a scene, you have to light it cinematically. So as, you, as I evolved over the last, you know, bunch of years, I didn't, I don't like my 10, 20 year old pictures that I took. <laughs> because I didn't know I, once I started filming, I, I it totally went to a new level. And sure. so that's what I do mostly now. Nice. How about yeah, you, Lena? So, yeah, so I started doing makeup when we started doing headshots because in the beginning, both of us were holding the camera, but it was too much. So I started doing the makeup and I actually really realized that I really loved it. And um, and then after working with David here doing headshots, the word spread. A lot of actors, models started recommending me. And then I had a celebrity makeup artist call me. One day we were actually doing headshots and she goes, I hear you're really good. Do you have a website? I was like, no. <laughs> okay, well, you're hired. Are you available? So my first job for TV celebrities was a three-day um, show for HBO stand-up comedy. And I got to work with this celebrity makeup artist. So I, I worked with her for five years. I did the Tony Awards uh, five years in a row. I did, you know, you name it. I probably had them all in my chair. Cut Justin Bieber's hair. I worked with Usher, um, Brooke Shields. I mean, you, you know. It goes on and on. It was very That's... exciting, but I realized that, that <laughs> the makeup artist that everybody just wanted to look their best, but look still like them. <laughs> so it was actually, you know, to me, it was like, oh, wow. Okay, I, I could do this. And I realized that I had a skill that, you know, I didn't know that I had, right? Sure. When I used to model. But um, so, yeah, so now what I do is I did that for five years. And then um, now I do a lot of... Um, corporate so i do all okay. the celebrities in corporate america i do the ceo of bank of america i do the ceo of verizon i do the ceo of adp i do you name it you know that those are like so i work with really smart people now and these people aren't I'm like me <laughs> i'm very smart guy. <laughs> so i would not for anything take away the five years of celebrity shows it was really fun you know and and, mm -hmm. and fast track and uh it's just that you know for me having have, you know having kids and all that i didn't like the hours as much because you know, it shows ends at 11 p.m and then maybe the next morning you got to be back at the hotel getting you know celebrities ready blah blah, blah. Oh, yeah it's days and uh, all yeah. that so yeah so i really like what i do now and um yeah so, we're, so that's what i do monday through friday uh, so we don't work together during the week Weeks are actually really hard for us to do headshots because um, we have so many clients, you know, in our separate careers. Mm -hmm. uh, so weekends, Saturday, Sundays is when we dedicate for headshots. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how can people get in touch with you? Can you give us some contact information? Um, can they follow you on socials? Reach out that way? Yeah. Do you have yeah. maybe give us the website, like give us some information on how people can get in touch. So our uh, Instagram handles are just our names so it's uh, lena captain and david captain and uh, we do need to update our websites <laughs> uh, websites is our name davidcaptain.com and lena lena captain makeup.com um but i do all the scheduling so they can reach out to me at lena captain at gmail.com okay my full name and then a gmail i do all the scheduling so you know and we try to work with everybody individually you know with with what they're looking for and, and all that stuff so yeah mm -hmm. okay yeah. awesome and so yeah. they so people can come to you for obviously headshots um and i noticed on the website david you do slate shots as well yeah we i have a you know because of the filming thing i do now there's so much equipment so i'll do yeah. slate shots or sometimes i do Sometimes people need stuff for their reel. Uh, we'll shoot a monologue or something simple like that. Okay. But the slate shot is really um, important in the sense that people need to hear your voice. If you have no nothing on a on a reel, you should get a reel of some some clips because, like my son, when he was casting his student film at USC, he went on backstage and he would not even consider an actor or actress who didn't have a, a clip he didn't yeah. couldn't hear them they just had a headshot and he's like why would i why would i even consider them i gotta see what they do absolutely so you know you need to have a, a slate shot just to hear your voice or uh, in the least and then in, in a better 
scenario, you should have some clips for a comedy mm -hmm. clip or a serious mm -hmm. clip. Or, you mm -hmm. know more about that stuff. So. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, and then you also do you also do promo shots for clients. Also, yeah, we'll, we'll do yeah. Uh, singers. Uh, we'll do. I've shot a bunch of music videos, but that's not really what I do now. But uh, yeah, any it depends whatever anyone wants, you know. We, if, if it, and if it's not what I do, I'll say, hey, look, that's not my wheelhouse. Go to somebody else. I don't, mm -hmm. you know. I, I like to work in the area. I don't like to shoot weddings, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, this is you don't this is be, more fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I like doing this stuff. Stick stick with what you like doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? Um, so we've got your contact information so people can reach out if they want to set up a time with you guys to actually have their headshots done or these other assets that they might need. So where are you exactly located? Can you give us a little bit of an idea location wise where you shoot that type of thing so people can kind of see if you're in their area? We live in Verona. We shoot out of the house, the studio, the whole bottom floor is uh, the studio dedicated. It's next to Montclair. It's 19 miles from Manhattan. Um, so it's kind of convenient for anyone in the tri-state area. Okay, well, awesome. Success is not built on convenience. <laughs> we have a, <laughs> we have clients traveling very far to get headshots with us, and I think once we shoot, have worked with somebody, they come back. We we follow mm -hmm. kids up to college years. Um, you know, and sometimes people go and get headshots somewhere else, but then they come back to us. That is they, so true. Yeah. Yeah, that is so true. Something I've works. seen that many times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, if it works, you got to yeah. stick with it. I'm telling you, yeah. no, you guys are great. You guys are great. So do you have any other last minute thoughts that you would want to share with, let's say, a parent or a young adult who is you gave us so much information and so many tips and tricks that certainly um, an inside information that people wouldn't be aware of. So thank you for that. But is there any last thought that you have? that you might want to give to someone just starting out or someone who's in the industry right now? Uh, I, I would like to say there's a, there's a little quick story. My son was into video gaming. All he wanted to do is play video games. And Lena says, what are you doing? He's, you know, I said, well, this is, you know, he's making, he's starting to make movies with it on his YouTube channel. No, I said channel. that because you were buying him I was buying a lot of video games. And I said, <laughs> I said, well, I don't know. It's better than just watching TV. He's making, he's learning editing and, you know, I'm sort of feeding the monster, I yeah. called it. And it, it turned out he became a big YouTube star and he went to USC film school. And my point is this, my he was very passionate about the arts. He was very passionate about this. And I, me as a parent, I wanted to support that passion. And there's so many people out there who are gonna knock you down, try to steal your dream. And as a parent, I just felt like, you know, a lot of times you're the only people in his corner. You're the only people cheerleading for him. And support, as a parent, try to support your kids with their passions. And I also have to say that whoever's listening to this are very fortunate knowing you, Lisa, because I wish, even though I was scouted, that I had somebody guiding me. I had to, you know, you know make mistakes, fall down, get up, brush myself off off knock on another door or try to figure it out you know and a lot of people say that when they come to us oh i wish i came here sooner mm -hmm. you know they had already wasted so much time and money um going elsewhere just trying to you know get somewhere you know it's it's very frustrating in the beginning so there are people like yourself and us that have done this walk the walk talk the talk try to find people like that and and trust trust the, the you know the journey in this is some people it happens really quick success some people not it doesn't matter it's just a matter of you getting to where you want to go and not lose faith in in, in that and, and um, yeah networking is, is huge too so always uh, wherever you are if you have a little unpaid role you know just talk to the actors talk to the director there's a lot of people even me now i'm a makeup artist you know, they ask me, do you know, do you know any other agents? Do you know other, you know, producers? Who else do you work for? It's, you know, we're all here people on this earth to help each other out. And the strong, we're always stronger together. So mm -hmm. don't try to do this on your own, you know, and then have, I also say that too, like have, if you can have a role model the, uh, within your acting or modeling, somebody that you can sort of, you know, say, I want to do, you know, what did he or she do? And, and is somebody I can emulate, you know, and mm -hmm. somebody I can 
you know we did that with our photography actually there was another model couple that started doing headshots and it was my dream i wanted to do that you know and, and david was like Neh. and then <laughs> he came, came around yeah but i was like i was gonna give up on that that was like my dream you know because i'm very mm -hmm. creative and i felt like modeling was fun it was great but it didn't really fulfill all my needs what i do now i just really love i'm passionate about and I think when you're really passionate, like David said, it's going to come across in your work, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then it's a matter of, you know, people finding, finding you don't be selfish, you know, really put yourself out there, get the right resources and, and uh, make sure people will find you, you know, yeah. don't give up. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. This is all great. It's all such yeah. great advice. Thank oh, you guys yeah. so much. Well, thanks for having yeah. us on. If you'd like to follow Lena and David to keep up with all they are doing, follow them on Instagram at Lena Captain and at David Captain. And join me every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Need more information? Visit lbctalent.com and follow me on socials at Lisa Select underscore LBC Talent. By sharing our stories, we can help other talented individuals land the career of their dreams.